All right. Happy Resurrection Day, everybody. Um, the word of our Lord today is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, verses 12 to 24. So if you ha- have a Bible, and I hope you do, um, if you don't, use your iPhone, whatever device you have, or you can look on um, with the screen sharing here that I have. We're going to be reading from the verse 12 to the verse 24. And this is then the title reads, The Resurrection of the Dead. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 24. And the word of God reads, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Verse 24. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. I'll go on to the 26. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just allowing us to be together. Lord, I pray that in this time, help me in understanding your word, to teach your word to your people, to be faithful to your word, Lord God, to share exactly what it is that you desire for your people to know in this time. Not what I have, but God, what you have for them. And that by the teaching of your word, Lord, they will come to understanding and they will be encouraged, Lord, to continue their trust in you. And those who have questions about you, Lord God, may they be answered, may they be solidified in this time. Lord God, help me, because this topic is not easy, it's not light, but you teach us not to share, you teach us not, not to shear away from any difficult topics. So Lord, be with us in this time. It's in your mighty, precious name I do pray. Amen. So, If you guys remember, I think I'd, I may have mentioned this story before some time ago, back in um, December 2019, um, I went over to visit my aunt at the time, she was a family friend, and she was a really strong believer, this person that I knew, and it was December 8th, and I remember it just like it was yesterday, I think moments like that you just never really forget, and she had been battling cancer for some time, and when I saw her, it was as if 
you know, knowing in the back of my mind, hey, you know, anything can happen, right? But when I saw her, I didn't see somebody who was dead, right? I saw somebody who had so much life in them, right? How can, how is that possible? How can somebody who is, who is um, basically on their deathbed and ill have so much life in them, right? It's because she said this one thing to me that I will never forget to this day. She looked at me, she, she held my hand and, and she smiled and she said, she said, God is alive. She said, God is alive. She said it in, in, in tree, right? She said, And it just means that, that moment right there, it was faith personified, right? And, and it solidified within me to continue pushing for Christ, right? Even when things got so hard. Now, why would she say God is alive? And why would I feel in that moment while I'm there? Not even just feel, put feelings aside. Why being there? Well, I, well, I know the truth in me that there is so much life in her. And that is because, because of what Christ has done, because Christ rose from the grave, we too will rise from the grave. And I know and I believe within my heart that someday when the good Lord calls us home, I will see my aunt once more and I'll, and I'll be like, yep, you were right. God is alive. And, I'm, and I can't wait to see you as well. Why does this, why do I bring this up today? Um, because for, for many of you guys, I said you were raised up in the church, right? So some of you guys, you have, an, you have a notion, you have an idea that, oh, you know, after death, we go somewhere. There's a place that we go. We go to be with the Lord. Um, the reason why this is important, because not everybody believes this. Not everybody realizes this. Not everybody agrees with this, right? So the verses that we read earlier before in, in, in the beginning of this were from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the 12 to the 26, was, was, was written by Paul to the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth had a lot of divisions, right? They had a lot of their traditions, things that they just didn't really, like there were false doctrines that were being taught. And then there were people that were also trying to follow God. And when, when, when they read the, the messages, when they read the letters of, of Paul, when they read through the gospels, they didn't really quite get some things there, right? They, 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 they added some of their religions into it. So there was a lot of confusion going around amongst these people. So Paul writes this letter to the church. And one of those confusions was around what happens to the dead? What happens to you and me? Right? Now, they, some of them had an understanding that Christ obviously rose from the dead. That was, not one, that one, that was one thing that some of them were not debating. But others were debating as well. Did, did Christ rise from the dead? As we see here. And Paul sees it fit to answer that question. And the reason why this is so important for us, especially on this day of Easter, is that as you guys read through Matthew 28 throughout the week, you, you, you had seen that Jesus Christ rose from, the, rose from the grave, right? That the stone was rolled. Mary and the other Mary, that, and the other Mary they went to the tomb and, and, and they were looking and they said, where has Jesus gone? And they saw the angels and the angels said, the one you're looking for, he's not here for he has risen, as he said. Christ is risen. 
So if these guys know these things, right? And the folks that are debating back and forth here, they, 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 they knew, that some of them even saw, right, that Christ rose. Yet you have some people here in the church of Corinth who are still debating, if Christ rose, what, what does that have to do with me? What, is that, what does that mean for me? Some of them think that they're still asleep. Now, that's why this argument, this argument came up. Because people believe that after death, some people just simply cease to exist, that there's nothing. We, we faint away, right? And if this conversation was happening in the ADs, right? Early 60s, I think this letter was written around 60 AD or so, might be wrong. But in, in the early ADs, um, there was a whole conversation about what happens to us when we die, right? That is the most important question of our existence. Where do we go once we die? What happens to us? And this is a question that, as you can imagine, continues even to this day on April 4th, 2021. Many people are still going back and forth on it. Now, that's over 2,000 years now. And this conversation is still going back and forth. Because of the, the answer to this question of what happens to us after death is clearly answered here by Paul. But this is the reason that, 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 that this is what tells differences between believers, unbelievers, and people of different faiths. When we look at other faiths, take Islam, for example, and, 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 and Judaism as well, for example, right? These are faiths that, that, that profess and say that, yes, Jesus Christ was real. He was a real person and he was a prophet, but he either died and, did not, and, and was not risen, right? Or he didn't die at all and then he just went up to heaven. Those are two opposing views, right? But there's a problem with both of those. One, if Christ did not die, right? If Christ did not die, then he did not face death. And if Christ, and in, and in the other situation in Judaism, if Christ did not rise, then our faith is in vain. Our faith is futile. Then that means that no one has ever been able to conquer death. And that means that my aunt, who I told you guys about earlier today, that her faith was futile, Right? But, God being so good that we know that Christ rose. I'm here to tell you that today, Christ is risen. And for that, there is much for us to rejoice. In many religions, the leaders of that particular religion may have done some certain things that were just for them. But Christ came solely for us. As Abnan was saying earlier, that Christ came to serve and not to be served, Right? And surely, he, and surely he, he bore on all of our sin. He bore on all of our shame. Realizing that we can put all of that on him and trust in him. That when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, surely he's good and just to forgive us. Because all of our sins have been covered, guys. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. That is the wonderful, wonderful news that I have for you guys today. Jesus praised the price for our sins. And that price was his death. 
If Jesus did not rise, then he has not overcome sin. If Jesus did not rise, he has not overcome sin. What is sin, right? Sin is anything, thought or action, right? That deviates from the word of God, that deviates from the intention that God has and the purpose that God has for a particular thing, right? And sin, as, as we read in the verse 21, that he says that by a man came death. And in verse 22, it says, for in Adam all die, right? So due to the sin that, that, that occurred in Genesis, as recorded in Genesis at the Garden of Eden, because of that, all of us, are born into sin. You and me, both. We are sinners. Right? But he says that but but there is good news, right? It doesn't end there, right? God could have simply said, Hey, you guys, Adam and Eve messed up, so the rest of you are gonna be the same way. Keep on going. Right? God could have done that. But he shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, right? As it says in Romans. So in the verse 22, we see even further, it says, for in Adam all die, also in Christ, all shall be made alive. So alive in two respects, right? Alive in this world, because you have to remember that with sin, sin destroys. And because of sin, we are spiritually dead. When we don't know God, because of our sin, we are spiritually dead. But because of Christ, Christ coming into this world, defeating death, defeating sin, has overcome our sin and has made a way for us to be spiritually alive on this earth and in heaven. So Christ's death and resurrection was not only just for us to be able to live some sort of life here, but it was for all eternity to be with him forever. We have to remember that salvation, guys, was never an afterthought. Verse 22 gives us that kind of hint that salvation was never an afterthought. And when I say afterthought, what do I mean? An afterthought is something like, oh, you know, it was just, it wasn't the, it wasn't the original plan. But later on, God saw that these people were being so bad and, you know, they weren't, um, you know, the, the blood of the lamb and all those other things all the other animals that they were crucifying, you know, it wasn't enough. So as a result of that, Jesus, God was like, okay, I got to bring my son to come and take the penalty. No, salvation was never an afterthought, brothers and sisters. Salvation was planned from the beginning of time. And we see this in the Garden of Eden, right? When Adam and Eve, when they sin, what does God do? God takes an animal and he kills the animal and he sheds the blood of the animal and he covers Adam and Eve with the cloth, with the skin of the animal, signifying that God shed blood to cover his people. In that way, in that same way, that thousands of years later, Christ comes. And what does he do again? He sheds his blood on the cross in that you and I might be made alive. That we might be forgiven. Like we cannot do anything on our own. As you realize, Adam and Eve, like they, they tried their best to go on and they got up when they after they sinned and they realized, oh man, we've messed up. And they realized that they were naked, right? What did they do? They went and got some some twigs, they went and got some some um some leaves to, to, to cover their nakedness, right? So they were trying to cover up their sin. But you can really see that wasn't sufficient, right? And God knowing that that's not sufficient, it's the same way that in this day we can, it is not it is insufficient. 
for us to try to cover up our own sin, for us to try to fix ourselves. It is impossible for you and I to, to, to cover up and fix ourselves. But that is why we have the good news. Christ, knowing this, came and died for us, that we may be made alive. Now, why does this come up today? Why am I bringing this up today? Right? I bring this up today, especially to you guys and this body of believers. Whenever you teach, you always, gonna, you always wonder, what are the people that I'm speaking to? Where are they right now? Right? And the reason why I say this is because of one verse in particular in here. And that verse in particular in here is um, is that we have we have hope in this life only. The verse nineteen, it says, "If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied." Beloved, you and I sometimes we live our life as if Christ has not been raised. We put our hope in God just for the things we want in this life. We live life as if Christ has not been raised. And what do I mean when I say we live life as if Christ has not been raised? Every single day we worry. We worry. We're so anxious. We, we, we worry about what we're gonna do. We worry about who we're gonna become. We worry about what we're going to eat. We worry about where we're going to go. We worry about who's going to like us and who doesn't like us. We worry about meeting our needs. Even though we know that Christ has been raised. We've heard it before, right? The same way the church at Corinth here, some of them had heard, had, had realized that yes, Christ has been raised. So if Christ has been raised you would automatically think and, and realize that if Christ has been raised and he came for us, then I too will rise, right? But they didn't think that way and they weren't living that way. When we worry about all the things in this world, all, all the issues that, that, that come up, we live as if Christ has not been raised. If you truly believe that Christ has been raised, then you, then you, have, then you have not just a mindset for the things of this world here, I'm not here to say that ignore the things within this world. God wants us to interact with this world, right? How can we bring people who are unbelievers into this world, in, into the love of Christ, if we don't interact with this world, right? However, what I'm saying is that we must have an eternity mindset. When we have an eternity mindset, what does that mean? That we must realize that someday when we die, we are raised up with God. We will be with God forever. In eternity, guys, it's forever. And so we must live our lives in a way that we know that God can call us at any single time. After this message, God could take me, take you, whichever, whatever he desires to do. And when God does that, where will you be? When we have an eternity mindset, we live our lives in accordance, knowing that we are waiting on God. That we are waiting for God. So I want you guys to keep that in mind, right? Are you living your life as if Christ has not been raised? I know sometimes it can be hard and there's a lot of fears that come up and those fears are inherent. But remember what the Bible says in Psalm 23, right? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear 
no evil. For thy rod and your staff are, are with me, right? Do you believe that? Live your life going from this day forward as if Christ has been raised and that you believe it in your heart. Because if Christ has been raised and you, and you understand the implications of that, then the way that you live your life changes, right? It revolves around that. Will you put your hope, your hope in God for, eternity, for, for eternal things? Do you not have our mindset on things of this world? Some of the things in this world are good. Some of the things in this world are bad. But all of them, both good and bad, have the ability to distract us from eternity. And I don't want you guys to miss out on eternity just by having your mind set fully in this world here and, and, and living your life as if Christ had never been raised. That you and I realize that God is good and He's a just God. That, he's, that, that, that He is so wonderful to us that He would actually come and do all these things. Realize that He is perfect. We are imperfect. And that Him being perfect has the ability to come and do all these things to, 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 to defeat death, guys. To overcome it. And why would God do all of this for us? Why would He watch His Son be subjected to so much shame, persecution, pain, for hours, and not even hours, more than that, for years? When you consider all throughout his ministry, in his three-year ministry from age 30 to age 33, the Pharisees and all those questions they were coming at him and trying to stone him and Jesus having to dip out sometimes. Guys, God did so many things, right? Why would he do all of that for us? And the truth of the matter is that God does all these things for his own glory. God does these things for his glory that his glory might be made known, that, that in this moment right here that you and I are having a conversation about God gives God glory. That when we say, God, praise be your name, you are the reason why we live, you are the reason why we're alive, you're the reason why we move and, and, and have our being. God gets the glory. And God's glory, and God shares his glory with no man. God shares his glory with no spirit. God's glory belongs to God and God alone. So our question for us is, how will you then partake in God's glory? How will you then add to making God's glory known within the heavens and the earth, right? How will you do so? By partaking within the heavens is in praising God in practical ways, praising God, taking time, spending time out of your day, spending time out of your week to give God all the praise and thank Him, right? When we praise, we, join, we are doing something that is highly spiritual, we are joining in, in hand in hand, right? We're joining hand in hand with, with angels, and we are giving God all the glory. We're saying, God, you are wonderful. We are at the throne of grace and saying, God, receive your worship, right? And that gives God glory. So that's how we add to God's glory within the heavens. And how do we add to God's glory on earth here? Going around and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Matthew 28, which you guys read the other day, the 18 to the verse 20 says, Go therefore, right? All power and authority has been given unto me. Go therefore, right? And make disciples, teaching people of all that God, you know, 
baptizing people. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that God has commanded you. And behold, he is always with us to the end of the age. Guys, this is wonderful news. So that is how we make God's glory known on this earth. If we have a mindset that Christ truly is risen, and that when, that when he rose in, in his last words, as he was rising up, as he was ascending into heaven, were these things here in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, then this has got to be one of the most important messages. This has got to be one of the most important instructions. This has got to be one of the most important commandments that we will ever have to go out there and make disciples. But how can we go out there and make disciples when our lifestyles are living as if Christ has not rose? How do you convince somebody that you, have, that you serve a God who, is, who has victory over death, who has victory over sin when you yourself do not believe it? Beloved, this is the day that I will ask of you to, to, to put your trust to, re, to, really, if, if, to, to put your trust in the Lord if you haven't truly given your, your, your life to Christ, but also to take a moment to reestablish that trust with God, right? To reinforce it too. And we'll make some time for that in the end. So as, as I come to a close, um, what we see here, what I want to say, my story in the, in that, that, I, that I mentioned in the beginning around my aunt, it's, it's something that unfortunately... It's common. Unfortunately, it is, it is a common story. It's not only me. Millions of people have lost loved ones due to cancer. Um, of all, and illnesses of, of various kinds. And they've seen their loved ones on, on, on their deathbeds. I would argue that some have been able to see their loved ones in their deathbeds and their loved ones to say, God is alive. God is alive. But unfortunately, it breaks my heart to know the real... To, I'm, I'm a realistic person, right? It breaks my heart to know that the majority of people who have left this world did not leave this world with the mindset of God is alive. But rather, they left this world with the mindset of, who is God? He did not rise. He might be somebody that I like. I like him as a prophet, but I don't see him. I don't see Christ as God. So that is why your prayers for unbelievers, guys, is not in vain. Because though we may not see dead people all the time, we, 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 there are people who lose their life each and every single day. Cancer continues. And then, as, as if we had enough already, right? And then last year, around January or so, February, COVID starts reeling its ugly head. And COVID has added to the numbers. I know some of you may have friends who have lost loved ones, or you yourself may have lost loved ones. And so I hope that for you, you, you tune in even more to this message as a result of that. Those moments are painful. Those moments are not easy, even when the person is a believer, right? If God had not risen from the dead, that's where the story would have ended. 
they would have fallen asleep and they would have perished. But because Christ is risen from the dead, someday, pain, and these are what the word of, what the word of the Lord says, not me, not I. Someday, pain and illness and sickness and sorrow and grief and anxiety and worry, someday all of those things will be no more. As Christ will wipe every tear from your eyes. All the brokenness that is caused by sin, all the brokenness that is caused by evil will be restored and we will be made new. If you continue reading into that chapter, I encourage you because it's just such a beautiful chapter where it talks about the resurrection and, and, and it talks about our resurrected bodies even. That someday, my aunt who I saw her last weighing up to maybe 50 pounds, 60 pounds, someday we'll see her in a, in, in a resurrected body that has no sin, that knows no illness, that knows no pain, that knows no sickness. And I know... If you've seen that, if you've experienced that, if you know somebody, every single person who had COVID, who had trusted, their, who had trusted and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they will be seen again. For them, they are not dead. Because if Christ has been raised, they too are alive. And death is simply the beginning of eternity for them. Death is simply the beginning of a new journey for them. So I want this to be an encouragement for you if you have lost a loved one. Or if you know somebody that has, know that this world that we live in, it's not the end. It's not the end. As long as we put our hope and our trust in Christ, we will spend eternity with God. For those who don't put their hope and trust in God, as Olivia had mentioned earlier, will spend eternal separation from God. And that is a weighty, weighty task. Now, I, I don't say that as if somebody who is removed from that, right? I have people in my life who I cherish and I adore and I love them. My heart breaks for them because I know that they don't have a relationship with Christ. But as believers, we must not stop praying. We will not stop praying We'll keep on pushing because we know that our God is so good. Our God is, is just and, and, and he can do anything that he desires to do. Someday God's elect will pull all of them together from all four corners of the, uh, of, of, of the earth. Beloved, pain and illness and sickness will be no more someday. All the brokenness that is caused will be restored, will be made new. And every single tear that you have shed, when you go into your prayer closet and you pray and you shed a tear and you say, Lord, why all this pain? Why all this tragedy? Why so many things that happen in this world? God has not forgotten a single drop of tear that you have dropped. He stores it all up. He stores up the tears of the saints. Things will get worse, may get worse in this life, but know that God has not left you. When Christ rose, he sent us his Holy Spirit to indwell within us, to live fully, to be more active within us. So trust and know that God is, is a just and good God. 
and that someday, in a twinkle of an eye, the dead in Christ will be raised, and they will be given new bodies. All pain, all sickness will be no more. Beloved, this is the good news, and this news would not have been made possible if, if Christ had not been raised from the dead. But we serve a God who has conquered death. We serve a God who in the end will defeat death and sin when all is said and done. So I encourage you, take a moment right now. If, if you have somebody who hasn't really made the decision to follow the Lord, now is your chance, guys. Now is your chance to profess faith in Jesus Christ. You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. You don't know where you're going to be in the next hour. But the most important question, do you have that figured out? Of where will you be for eternity? God has made a way for us to be with him for eternity, and that is through his his son, Jesus Christ. For those of you whose faith, maybe you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but sometimes you live as if Christ has not been raised. Take a moment right now and just pray and just ask that your faith be restored in the Lord and that you realize that he is raised and as such, you must live your life with an eternity mindset. Let us close in prayer. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to be able to um, be with one another and just hearing your word. Father God, I pray for your children today that you continue to be with them and shepherd them. Let them realize what it really means that your son has been raised, that we too have an opportunity, that we too have a guarantee with a, without a shadow of a doubt that we too will rise, those of us who put our trust in you, and we will be with you for eternity. Father God, help each and every single person on this line, care for them, protect them, watch over them, everywhere that they go, all of their all of their goings, all of their, bless the work of their hands, Lord. Allow them to be able to see your word, Lord God. Believe it, trust in it. Put their hope and keep their hope in you. And Father God, you said, if we have hope in Christ for this life only, then we are most to be pitied. So may we, Lord God, have hope in you, not in just this life, but our hope in you to transcend into eternity as well. May we live our lives with urgency for the spread of the gospel, with hope in you to overcome in any situation, any adversity, any tragedy we may experience, and know that someday every tear that we've ever shed, every tear that we've ever shed, Lord God, someday you will make all things new and you will restore all. We thank you, Lord God, 
for giving us time to be with one another. Thank you for the opportunity for coming before you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen.